0: Section Ten of Apology of Tertullian, translated by Charles Dodgson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by David Ronald. Come now, if any philosopher affirmeth, as does Liberius, after the opinion of Pythagoras, that a man is made out of a mule, a serpent out of a woman, and shall, by the force of eloquence, rest every argument to this opinion, will he not gain the consent of men and fixedly persuade them ever to abstain from animal food? And will not each on this account be persuaded, lest in supping on ox flesh he eat one of his own ancestors? But the Christian, if he promiseth that man shall be made again of man, and that of Caius the very same Caius shall be refashioned, will be driven out by the people, not merely by blows, but rather by stones, as though whatever be the governing argument for the restoration of human souls to material bodies do not itself require that they return to the same bodies seeing that this is to be restored to become what it was before for if they be not what they were endued that is with a human and that selfsame body then will they not be the very same which they were because they could not be what they were not without ceasing to be what they had been moreover how shall they be said to be restored which are no longer to be the same either being made another thing they will not be themselves or remaining themselves will not be from another source we should need many jests and much leisure if we chose to sport with this question into what beast each man may be thought to have been changed but let us rather keep to the defence of ourselves who lay it down as a thing certainly more worthy of belief that a man should be refashioned from a man who you will coming in place of whom you will so it be only a man so that the same sort of soul may be restored to the same rank of beings though not to the same likeness surely since the cause of the restoration is the appointed future judgment each will of necessity be presented the very same man that he was before that he may receive judgment from god for his good deservings or the contrary and therefore will the bodies also be again presented both because the soul can suffer nothing by itself without connection with the material substance that is the flesh and because what thing soever souls are doomed to suffer from the judgment of god they have deserved it not without the flesh within which they have done all things but thou sayest how can matter which hath been dissolved be made to appear consider thyself o man and thou wilt find how to believe this thing think what thou wast before thou hadst a being simply nothing for hadst thou been any thing thou wouldst have remembered it Thou therefore that wast nothing before thou didst exist, and that becomest also nothing when thou ceasest to exist, why canst thou not begin to exist again from nothing, by the will of that selfsame Creator, who hath willed that thou shouldest come into being out of nothing? What new thing will happen unto thee? Thou that wast not, wast made, when again thou shalt not be, thou shalt be made. Declare, if thou canst, the manner in which thou wast made and then seek to know how thou shalt be made and yet surely thou shalt be more easily made that which thou once hast been seeing that thou wast made equally without difficulty that which thou never hadst at any time been there will be a doubt i suppose as to the power of god who hath framed out of that which was not before not less than out of a death-like void and nothingness this vast body of the universe animated by that spirit which animateth all souls stamped too by himself as an emblem of the resurrection of man for a testimony unto you the light which is extinct every day shineth forth again and the darkness in like manner departeth and succeedeth in its turn the stars that have died away revive again the seasons when they end begin anew The fruits are consumed and again return. The seeds assuredly spring not up with new fruitfulness, except they be first corrupted and dissolved. All things are by dying preserved. All things are formed again from death. Shalt thou a man, a name so great, thou who, if thou knowest thyself as thou mayest learn to do even from the Pythian inscription, art the Lord of all things that die and rise again, shalt thou die to perish for ever? wheresoever thy elements shall be scattered whatsoever matter shall destroy absorb abolish waste thee to nothing it shall restore thee again nothing itself is in the hands of him in whose hands is the whole then say ye we must be ever dying and ever rising again if the lord of all things had so determined thou wouldst experience even against thy will this law of thy creation But now he hath not determined otherwise than he hath declared unto us, the same mind which from diversity of parts hath framed one whole, so that all things consist of rival substances in unity, of the void and the solid, of the animate and the inanimate, of the comprehensible and the incomprehensible, of light and darkness, yea, even of life and death, hath made time also to consist of two states so determinate and distinct that the first part of it measured from the beginning of all things in which we now live runneth out to its end in this mortal life but the next which we wait for is continued to a never-ending eternity when therefore the end and that middle space of time, which lieth open between, shall have come, so that the visible face of the universe itself is removed, which is equally temporal, and hath been spread like a curtain before the eternal dispensation, then shall the whole human race be restored, to determine the account of their good or evil deservings in this world, and then to pay the debt through the boundless series of everlasting ages. Therefore, there shall neither be an absolute death, nor another and another resurrection but we shall be the same that we now are and no other thereafter the worshippers of god ever with gold clothed upon with their proper substance of eternity but the wicked and they who live not entirely unto god for the punishment of an equally eternal fire receiving from the very nature of that fire being as it is divine the supply of their own incorruption The philosophers also know the difference between the hidden and the common fire. So that which ministereth to the uses of men is widely different from that which ministereth to the judgment of God, whether drawn out in lightning from heaven, or bursting up from the earth through the tops of mountains. For it consumeth not that which it burneth, but reneweth while it destroyeth. Wherefore the mountains, though ever burning, still remain... And he who is stricken by fire from heaven is thenceforth safe from being consumed by any other fire. And this will be a witness of the eternal fire, this an example of that everlasting judgment, which feedeth its own pains. Mountains are burned and yet endure. What shall we say of wicked men and the enemies of God? These are the things which in us alone are called vain presumptions, in the poet's and philosopher's consummate knowledge and notable genius. They are wise, we foolish, they to be honoured, we derided, yea, more than this, to be punished likewise. Let now the doctrines which we maintain be false and justly styled presumptions, yet are they necessary. Let them be foolish, yet they are profitable, if those who believe them are constrained to become better men, by the fear of eternal punishment and the hope of eternal refreshment it is not therefore expedient that those things should be called false or accounted foolish which it is expedient should be presumed to be true in like manner on no ground whatsoever may those things be condemned which are profitable in you then is this very presumption which condemneth things useful wherefore neither can they be foolish assuredly though they be both false and foolish yet they are hurtful to none for they are like many other things to which ye award no punishments, things vain and fabulous, unaccused and unpunished because harmless. But in things of this sort, if ye must needs punish, ye ought to punish by derision, not by swords, and fires, and crosses, and wild beasts. In the iniquity of which cruelty not only doth this blind mob exult and insult, but even some of yourselves, who through iniquity catch at the favor of the mob boast of it as if all that ye can do against us were not of our own free choice assuredly i am only if i will a christian thou wilt therefore only condemn me if i will to be condemned but since whatever thou canst do to me thou canst not do unless i will that which thou canst do is necessarily of my own will not of thy power wherefore also the mob vainly rejoiceth in our hurt for the joy which they claim to themselves, is ours, who would rather be condemned than fall away from God. On the contrary, they who hate us ought to grieve, and not to rejoice, at our gaining that which we ourselves have chosen. Why then, ye say, do ye complain that we persecute you, if it be your will to suffer, seeing that ye ought to love us, through whom ye suffer that which ye will? Certainly it is our will to suffer, but in the same manner in which, though no one willingly suffereth the ills of war, since he must needs be harassed and endangered, yet he fighteth with all his strength, and he who complained of the battle rejoiceth when he conquereth in the battle, because he gaineth both the glory and the spoils. We have a battle, in that we are summoned to the tribunals, that we may then, at the hazard of our life, contend for the truth. But to obtain that for which thou hast contended is victory. This victory hath both the glory of pleasing God and the spoils of eternal life. Yet still we are crushed. Yea, after that we have won the battle. Therefore, when we are slain, we conquer. And in fine, when we are crushed, we escape ye may now call us faggot men and half-axle men because being bound to the wood of half an axle we are burnt by a circle of faggots enclosing us this is the garb of our conquest this our robe of victory in such a chariot do we triumph with good cause therefore are we displeasing to the conquered for therefore are we worthily thought desperate and reckless men But this desperation and recklessness is the cause of glory and fame doth, even in your own eyes, exalt the standard of virtue. Musius, of his own act, left his right hand upon the altar. O, loftiness of spirit! Empedocles freely gave his whole body to the flames of Aetna at Catana. O, strength of mind! Some woman... Who founded Carthage, gave herself to the funeral pile, her second marriage. O oh, proclamation of chastity! Regulus, that he might not save his life, a single man exchanged for many enemies, suffereth crucifixion in every part of his body. Oh, brave man, and a conqueror even in captivity! Anaxarchus, when he was brayed with a pestle like barley, said, Pound, pound the shell of anasarchus for thou poundest not Anazarchus himself o oh, the greatness of the philosopher's soul who even jested on his own death and such a death i pass over those who with their own sword or some other milder kind of death have bartered life for glory for lo even those who overcome in the trial of tortures are crowned by you a certain Athenian harlot, when the torturer was now wearied, at last spit out her tongue, which she had bitten off into the face of the furious tyrant, that she might spit out her voice too, and be unable to betray the conspirators, even though, at length overcome, she should wish it. Zeno of Elia, being asked by Dionysus what philosophy could give him, and having answered, to become insensible to suffering through contempt of death, being put under the lash of the tyrant sealed his doctrine even by his death assuredly the scourgings of the lacedaemonians embittered even under the eyes of their encouraging friends confer on their house as much honour for endurance as they shed blood oh glory licensed because of earthly mould to which no reckless presumption no desperate determination is attributed in despising death and every sort of cruelty which hath the privilege for men to suffer for country for lands for empire for friendship that which they may not for god and yet for all these ye cast statues and inscribe images and carve titles to continue forever As far as ye can, by means of monuments, ye yourselves in some part grant a resurrection to the dead, while he, who hopeth for the true resurrection from God, if he suffer for God, is mad. But go on, ye righteous rulers, much more righteous in the eyes of the people, if ye sacrifice the Christians to them, rack, torment, condemn, grind us to powder, for your injustice is the proof of our innocence it is for this that god permitteth us to suffer these things for in condemning just now a christian woman to the bod rather than the lion ye have confessed that the stain of chastity upon us is accounted more dreadful than any punishment and any death nor yet doth your cruelty though each act be more refined than the last profit you anything it is rather the allurement to our sect we grow up in greater number as often as we are cut down by you. The blood of the Christians is their harvest seed. Many among yourselves exhort men to endure pain and death, as Cicero in his Tusculans, Seneca in his treatise On Chances, Diogenes, Phiro, Callinicus, and yet their words do not gain as many disciples as the Christians do in teaching by their acts. That very obstinacy with which ye upbraid us is the teacher." For who is not stirred up by the contemplation of it to inquire what there is in the core of the matter? Who, when he hath inquired, doth not join us? When he hath joined us, doth not desire to suffer, that he may purchase the whole grace of God, that he may gain from him perfect forgiveness at the price of his own blood? For all crimes are pardoned for the sake of the work. Therefore is it that we, at the same time that we are judged, thank you for your judgment, Such enmity is there between the things of God and the things of men, when we are condemned by you, we are absolved by God. End of section ten. End of Apology by Tertullian, translated by Charles Dodgson.